The fight within Alberta's United Conservative Party over Jason Kenney's leadership took another twist when the planned in-person vote on April 9th was turfed in favor of mail-in ballots. This has created further controversy with some of Kenny's own MLAs suggesting he stepped down, triggering a leadership race. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. Calgary Sun columnist Rick Bell joins me to discuss why Kenny is facing a leadership review now, why the switch to mail-in voting has caused so much controversy, and what's at stake for Kenny if he fails to get a resounding majority. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, we're even on Amazon Music now. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So, Rick, there's been a lot going on in Alberta politics, as you've been covering, as your readers may know. But for those who don't know, Jason Kenney is facing a leadership review. It was originally supposed to be on April 9th, but we can get into some of those details in a little bit as to changes to that. But I guess the basic question for our listeners is why Jason Kenney is facing a leadership review. Well, he's facing a leadership review for the same reasons as he has low numbers in the polling, low personal approval numbers. Part of it is his handling of COVID, particularly for the more conservative members of the party who feel that he was a quote-unquote flip-flopper, that he didn't have a consistent message. With some of them, it is a resistance to the level of restrictions that Alberta had, even though perhaps the restrictions weren't as heavy as in other provinces. This is in other provinces. This is Alberta. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is buyer's remorse that Kenny was the, the guy in the blue truck, the populist, the person who talked about Ralph Klein, the person who talked about fighting Ottawa and the common folk are my people and all this stuff, and has ended up running a government that for many of them resembles Kenny's version of the old PC party. And as you know, this was a quickie marriage of convenience to defeat Rachel Notley and the NDP, and the two parties to the marriage, one of those parties spent their entire history trying to defeat the other party in the marriage. And I think that is a big part of it as well, is the Wild Rose side of the marriage. Those people were in Wild Rose, and they hated the PCs. They hate the NDP, too, but they hated the PCs. The opposition is largely from that demographic. Mm -hmm. Not completely, but largely. Yeah, I mean, because we have some former PC MLAs who are also speaking out against the premier. Correct. We have a situation where essentially in Alberta, Jason Kenney has brought in not the strictest COVID measures in Canada. He's been quick to point out, you know, we've never had a total lockdown. We've never had a curfew. And he's had a lot of people to the left of him or people who are perceived to be to the left of him or upset about not bringing in restrictions. But then to the right of him, you have a whole group of people who feel that he's been too harsh. He's been too harsh on businesses. He's been too harsh on people's personal liberties. And because of that, at the very least, we need to send him a message, have a leadership review, potentially tell him we don't want him anymore as leader. And then some people saying it's time for him to go. How do we get to this place where Jason Kenney was seen as the savior of the conservative movement in Alberta 
uniting these two warring factions of the conservative movement, defeating the provincial NDP to the point where people are basically now saying it's time for him to go. Well, because all of that unity stuff was focused on defeating the NDP. So people looked at Kenny and they said, here is a guy with 19 years experience in Ottawa. Here is a guy as a good talker, a good debater, a senior member of the Harper government, tons of experience, lots of energy. He's the one with a plan for unity, and we have to get rid of the NDP. So people were so interested, so excited about getting rid of the NDP. They just joined in, and that's why the unity vote was, I believe, 95% on both sides, and it just swept right through through Jason Kenney's by-election win, which was over 70%, 22-point win in the general election. But then the election led to the governing. When you're governing, then you're not talking about the NDP anymore. Mm-hmm. The NDP are gone. Mission accomplished. And that's what the marriage was about. Now what? And that's where people feel they weren't getting what they thought they were getting, a populist conservative. And then COVID happened, and he did alienate a lot of people on the more conservative side. In the polls, he's being squeezed by the NDP on one side, and these people on the other side. His numbers drop abysmally. He's had a bit of a bounce back lately, and here we are. Mm -hmm. But I was talking to a key Kenny person on the weekend, and they're very optimistic now. (laughs) Well, optimistic that they're going to rebound with the public and optimistic that they're going to win this mail-in vote on May 18th. And then that will be the springboard to winning in 2023. I do want to talk about this mail-in vote. So party members called for a leadership review. I think it was something like 25 or 33 percent of constituency associations had to write a letter saying we want an early leadership review. And so April 9th was set as the date. Then there was talk of how is the party going to manage that? Is it going to be an in-person vote? Is it going to be an online vote? Is it going to be a mail-in ballot? And at the time, party officials said, no, we have to make it an in-person vote to protect the integrity of the ballot. And so we're going to make it in Red Deer on April 9th. And then as we got closer to the vote, we had uh, Kenny opponent Brian Jean win the UCP seat in Lac La Fort McMurray by-election. He's in the House now. We have thousands upon thousands of people sign up for attending this leadership review on April 9th. And then the party has to say, well, that's too many and we can't get a new venue. So we have to move it to a mail-in ballot, which has caused a whole new controversy in this race. What can you tell me about why they needed to make the move from in-person to mail-in balloting? And what was the reaction from Kenny's own party on this? Well, the real reason or the... uh... (laughs) Official reason. There was concern because of the following. Nobody, no pundit, no person on Kenny's team, no person anywhere that I could recall, ever thought there would be such a number of people that wanted to go to Red Deer and vote. But there were groups throughout the province, many of them in rural Alberta, many of them hostile to Kenny, who were organizing, we kept on hearing about meetings in this small town, 200 people, in this small town, 
150 people. In this village, 100 people. All through the province, this was happening, and people were signing up to go to Red Deer. In numbers, you know, they thought there might be 2,500 people, and then it was 5,000, then it was 7,000, 10,000, eventually 20,000. If you have 20,000 people willing to drive to Red Deer, are the majority of them voting because, you know what, we, you know, we like Jason Kenney. We, we'd like him to continue. Or are they people say, or a lot of them people saying, we want to get rid of them. I'm getting in my truck now. I'm going to Red Deer. This is it. This is my chance. And it's a very controlled setting, mm-hmm. Red Deer, because you go to the ballot box, you verify your ID, and you vote. Now we have mail-in ballots, and I think in mail-in ballots, three things happen. One, it's not April 9th anymore. Now it's closer to the middle of May. Mm -hmm. More time for people to settle down, more time for people not to be as angry, so goes the thinking. Number two, mail-in ballots is a bigger pool of people. And I wrote a column last week talking about Premier Kenny reaching out to various cultural communities to sign up members before the deadline for signing up. There's votes there. There's all the people who said, we can't make it to Red Deer, so we're not going to buy a membership. These are anti-Kenny people. Then they change the rules, and these people are angry because they're going, well, I would have bought a party membership if all I had to do was sit at home and mail in a ballot. (laughs) This really makes sense for the Kenny people, right? You don't have it in Red Deer. Red Deer is the third largest city in Alberta, I think, Mm -hmm. over 100,000 people. They kept saying there are not enough parking spots there for the people coming, (laughs) and there might be harassment of them. This was their official excuse. But the reality is they did not want April 9th in Red Deer because a lot of people were predicting, including supporters of the premier, that he would either lose or he would win by, you know, 52 percent or something. Yeah. Now, a lot of them are talking about him winning by 70 percent, maybe even more, Mm -hmm. because now you have this bigger pool of ballots. Nobody in their right mind thinks the mail-in ballots are more secure than in-person voting. And there's a lack of trust in the party because of the ongoing RCMP investigation of the UCP leadership race that Kenny won. So the mail-in ballots are very helpful to Kenny. And that's why people who were thinking, hoping, predicting that he would be ousted are now very angry, talking to the media, saying this is all horrible. And then, of course, last week it came out that Kenny was framing the debate as the radical lunatics versus him. And that is now going to be his message until the middle of May. We'll be right back. Last week seemed to be a new thing every day. We saw a story come out with more details regarding the 2017 UCP leadership race and the so-called kamikaze campaign of former Wild Rose Vice President Jeff Calloway. And he entered the race essentially to cast shade on Brian Jean so that Jason Kenney could stay above the fray. And there were questions at the time as to whether Jason Kenney knew about this campaign and 
was involved in the planning of it. And there was a story that came out that alleged that according to court documents, he was in the room when this plan was hatched. So there was that story. And then this recording comes out and Jason Kenney talking to staff, basically saying, as you mentioned, that, you know, the, the battle is between him trying to save the party and lunatics trying to take over the asylum. And <laughs> I mean, I've seen some commentary since then that suggested, well, Kenny courted all of these crazies through the COVID pandemic by, you know, either dog whistling to them around the severity of the COVID pandemic, or, you know, we don't want restrictions or not being firm on vaccines. There was a lot of criticism of Kenny from the left. And then from the right, he comes out and basically throws them all under the proverbial political bus by calling them all, <laughs> all crazies and lunatics. And that leads to, you know, we have backbenchers in his party, Peter Guthrie from the Airdrie area, Jason Steffen from Red Deer, Richard Gottfried from Calgary, who's a former UCP MLA, all kind of stepping in and saying, like, wondering what the hell the premier's doing. What is the mindset in the party now that he's basically cast this division? It's me against the warring hordes. He believes that it is really the only way that he's going to win. You're right. When he was uniting the parties, he didn't talk about any of this. Mm -hmm. When he was running in, in 2019 and some people were saying, hey, yeah, you've got some extremists here, right? No, I don't. What are you talking about? <laughs> he never, never, never talked about this until now. So he's going to frame it as the radicals, the lunatics versus the mainstream. And then... If he wins the leadership, review, gets enough votes there, he's going to then go till 2023 saying he's the mainstream against the socialist lunatics. Okay, these MLAs come out, and they're mad. But one thing I've learned in over 30 years in Alberta is there's often more noise than there is actually action. There's a lot more talk than the walk. I've lived here 30 years of people threaten all sorts of, if this happens, if Trudeau gets in a second time, if we have to have a no, if there's a no more pipelines bill, if they don't give us energy east, we're going to do this. We're going to huff and puff and blow their house down. We're going to show them who's boss. <laughs> and in the end, full of sound and fury signifying nothing, to quote my good friend William Shakespeare. So I'm looking to these MLAs. What are they going to do? Are they going to create like happened on the federal scene a generation ago, have their own little caucus. Like, don't leave the UCP party, but leave the UCP caucus. Maybe join Todd Lowen and Drew Barnes. Maybe just sit as their own group. We've been hearing about what they're going to do to attack Kenny for a long time. Nothing happened. We heard there was a vote of non-confidence against the premier. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Motion withdrawn. Then I went down to the UCP convention, and that was supposed to be the biggie because Kenny couldn't control it. You can't control people walking out on your speech. You can't control people booing your speech. You can't control people having impromptu press conferences attacking you. You can't uh, control people, you know, holding signs or doing whatever they want to do, whatever it was. Nothing, nothing except some people loaded in a hotel hospitality suite at 11 o'clock at night saying they hated Jason Ganey. <laughs> what happens that next day? This is instructive of what is the thinking of the premier. He says, you guys said something was going to happen. You people in the media. I did not hear one negative comment through the UCP meeting. Hundreds of people here, not one. So you didn't get your story. That's what Jason Kenney said.
if these guys don't do something, you know, the riding presidents representing local UCP groups across the province, many of them wrote a letter saying they want it in Red Deer or else. A sample of those people were on the steps of the legislature in Edmonton saying, if you don't do something by Wednesday, we're going to do something. Mm-hmm. Reportedly, they've already been told to uh, take a hike. And it's not even Wednesday yet. <laughs> I'm just gobsmacked, a word that I like to use, that there is so little strategy here on the side of the anti-Kenny people. Do they just think that, yes, they can get ink for a day or two and get people all excited and interested, and then nothing happen? So are the MLAs going to stick in there? What happens to Brian Jean next week when he gets sworn in, the former Wild Rose leader, now MLA for Fort McMurray, Lac Labiche. So I think the confidence that the Premier has is that he's really fighting a paper tiger. Now, I'm not saying he is. This is not me talking, and this is not directly him talking. But my sense of things is that he does not believe the noise and the actions are the same thing. I mean, remember, how many MLAs are really speaking out? 10%. That's it. In mm-hmm. fact, I interviewed MLAs that had previously spoken out, interviewed them last week, and they basically walked themselves back. Not on the opposition to Kenny, but on being public about the opposition to Kenny. When it was April 9th and it was 20,000 people going to Red Deer, nobody cared about the MLAs. The 20,000, there was an at least even odds chance that Kenny could actually be gone. Now that we've got a mail-in ballot that Kenny's people prefer, it's a vote further down the line. We now go back to the MLAs and say, okay, what are you going to do reacting to all of this stuff, whether it's the stuff about the UCP leadership race, whether it's the stuff about the lunatics of the asylum and the kooks, whatever it is, Kenny's very open. That's what he's doing. What are they doing? Mm-hmm. And he's going to make more announcements and you know the fuel tax will get a bit of a break on and you know, and life will go on and move on and you know, it just gives Kenny more time now. I'm waiting to see what in reality they do as opposed to we're huff and puff and blow your house down because his house isn't being blown down at the moment. The bad news for him is this could split the party. The marriage of convenience may lead to a trial separation or even a divorce. What happens in mid-May when the results come in? I'm not suggesting you make a prediction, but there are a bunch of different things that could happen. And if it's a narrow victory, I could see Kenny's opponent saying, see, you barely scrape by with a bare majority. It's time for you to go. And I could see if he wins with a large majority that there are some within the party who are already trying to make allegations of underhanded things going on, suggest that all the win is too convincing. No one supports him that much. There's some hinky going on here. So what do you suppose happens And what are the options for the premier come May when this vote comes in? Well, I'm going to be right on the edge of the cliff here for you. If he wins and it's 65% or something like that because of this, you know, mail-in format and the teeter-totter's been moved a little bit since the April 9th in person. Let's say it's 65%. 
I'm not saying this will happen, but I could see some people getting booted. What do those people do then? They've lost their leverage. The rebel MLAs right now have at least the appearance of possible leverage. He could go radical here and just say, no, these four people or three people or two people, MLAs, they're not sitting in our caucus anymore. Goodbye. (laughs) Start your own People's Party of Alberta or join the separatists. That is a possibility. But I think Kenny will, if he wins a half-decent victory, which I would say would be two-thirds at least, he'll just plow through. And I think the Kenny people do not believe that the rebels, whoever they are, both MLAs and people, are really in the end going to do anything. Is there a mass migration and perhaps even transformation of the new Wild Rose Party? Are there people who will start speaking out from the outside? People like Danielle Smith, for instance. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Is there going to be a mass exodus of MLAs if he wins? Now, if he gets 52%, we'll be having a lot of discussion here as to what that means, because then I think the battle continues and it just gets nastier and nastier. Now, how Kenny wants to frame it is, Kenny the mainstream, in my own party, the Looney Tunes against me, and he'll do the same thing if he wins a big margin. He'll say, let's get together and fight the Looney Tunes socialists, as he would probably call them. They'll be the next group of lunatics wanting to take over the asylum. So there's a lot of unanswered questions, and we'll see if somebody or some bodies have enough courage to actually stand up to the UCP brass and to Jason. I guess we'll see how things go over the coming weeks as we approach the deadline for mail-in ballots in the UCP Leadership Review. Rick, as always, a pleasure to talk Alberta politics with you. Anytime. 10-3 is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest Rick Bell. More from him at calgarysun.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. <laughs>